Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. My view is that the chief HR officer or chief people officer in some ways needs to become the chief purpose officer. Um, and I think there's a couple of reasons why I'm, I'm thinking that is, is the role that is uniquely the role for someone with an HR background. And in part, it's we're seeing chief diversity, inclusion and belonging officers, their roles being um, highlighted. And those roles are reporting now directly to the CEO. You know, traditionally they've been reporting to HR, they've been even reporting to the chief talent in two, three levels in the organization. And now it's viewed as a critical uh, role reporting into the C-suite. Mary is a PhD with over 25 years of global consulting experience in corporate transactions, change management, and culture across a wide range of industries. Her work centers on transformational change through the strategic and inclusive alignment of people and culture. Mary has served as a CHRO for a life science company and was a tenured associate professor of management. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking Nature podcast. I am very excited to be connecting today with Mary from the Bronx in New York. How are you, Mary? I'm doing terrific, Enrique. And you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's great to connect with you. And I am very, very excited about this conversation that will help us see the shape, the form, the ideals that will guide the work of HR going forward. So very, very excited about it. So let's just dive right into the topic and ask you, how do you envision HR in the future? What is your dreamed HR? Yeah. Enrique, I've been giving this a, a lot of thought as we've seen things change over the past months, uh, whether it's due to COVID or due to Black Lives Matter or the um, increased importance of digital technology. And you know, my view is that the chief HR officer or chief people officer in some ways needs to become the chief purpose officer. Um, and I think there's a couple of reasons why I'm, I'm thinking that is, is the role that is uniquely the role for someone with an HR background. And in part, it's we're seeing chief diversity, inclusion and belonging officers, their roles being um, highlighted. And those roles are reporting now directly to the CEO. You know, traditionally, they've been reporting to HR, they've been even reporting to the chief talent in two or three levels in the organization. And now it's viewed as a critical uh, role reporting into the C-suite. We're also, I think, because of the pandemic, seeing chief public health officers. So the importance of well-being and health, again, is escalating, typically a role for HR, 
but now again being recast in terms of this public health and if you think about bringing people back to work the importance of science plus the the human implications but where HR can play is really that sense of purpose and traditionally we've thought about employee engagement and engagement being you know giving your discretionary effort and I would say today there is no discretionary effort. It's all effort. Work is hard today, whether we're working, you know, managing family, managing health crises, managing working from home, jobs changing, things affecting not just us, but our uh, people in our lives, our family and friends. So that sense of purpose and why are we all doing what we're doing? whether it's at the individual, the team, or the organizational level. So, so I'm thinking that chief people officer really becomes that chief purpose officer. That is fantastic. And, and one, of the, one of the elements that has kept people together through this crisis is precisely the organizational yeah. purpose, you know, because the reality is that the operation is changing, the processes are changing. There's a new way to work that now people are working remotely if they, if they can do it. But that clarity around what yeah. the organization is supposed to do keeps everybody together, even when, when everything else is changing. So I think yeah. that if, if, that, if that role that can keep everybody sort of aligned and with that vision beyond the CEO, of course, mm -hmm. can be in HR, I think that would be a fascinating development out of yeah. all these times of crisis that we're going through. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think for the first time ever, right, there's really been that sense of we're all in this together, whether you're the CEO or whether you're working on the front line, we're all going through this common experience, right, and it hasn't affected us differently depending on our level or on the hierarchy in the organization. So it, it, that's really when I think about even how organizations have been able to pivot and change without a lot of change management plans and you know excel spreadsheets it's because everyone felt like we're all in this together and here's the rationale is now there it's it's not what we're going to do but why we're going to do it and, and that's been very clear yeah. um, through these last months yeah absolutely now the, the the role of hr as a function which has traditionally been been linked to transaction administration of processes, whether, uh, whether it is recruitment or, or compensation, hiring, firing, mm -hmm. enforcing policy. How do you think HR as a system, as a thing, as a yeah. function yeah. will be evolving? What are we going to be doing over the next few years? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you talked about, those transactions have really been automated in a lot of ways, right? And, and I think the other piece of it is that we have more and more data. So I think part of it is the purpose, but I think it's also HR teeing up the information we have about whether it's the employee experience through surveys or real-time data capture or the, the use of data and how we can make better decisions. So I think it's also that, that function of HR is to really be mining the information because we have to move faster, right? We don't have as much time to react and being able to look at data in real time and to be able to get that, um, that sense of employees. I, I think the other thing it does is, I think we're increasingly going to have to focus on employee segmentation and it's gonna become micro segmentation, right? We've had people, some people working from home, 
we have some people working alongside machines, you know, using AI, we have people working in all parts of the world, and that work may shift depending on, for example, how the pandemic has shifted. So being able to not just look at aggregate data, but to be able to do that segmentation. So HR really becomes that, um, that leader on the frontier of being able to sense what's coming and how it's affecting employees and how we need to think about our employees in, in, within those different populations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the, the most fascinating things over the past 10 years, at least 10 years, is the dramatic paradigm shift in HR. And fr from being a function seen as a cost center where mm -hmm managing some processes in a very transactional way to now thinking about HR as the center of, of the people revolution at work, yeah. if you yeah. will. That of course entails the, the or, 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 or you know, conduces us to, to needing a new set of skills and capabilities that we probably did not have before. So to create this kind of HR that you're talking about where the chief people officer becomes a chief purpose officer, where we leverage on data, where we are able to truly understand to the nitty gritty, the way mm -hmm. each person in our company operates, what kind of capabilities and skills we need in HR to be yeah. in that place and to do it effectively. Yeah, I think first is you know having that sense of empathy. And I really believe to be an effective leader, one, you have to have empathy, but you also have to know yourself, right? <laughs> you have to have that deep understanding of your own sense of purpose and, and what's driving you. I think HR increasingly will become that orchestra leader because they don't have to necessarily be the data scientist expert or be the finance expert or the, the employee engagement or talent expert, but they need to understand how all of that comes together. And I think increasingly they have to be the conductor, not just within the HR function, to be able to get what's best from each area and understanding the talent that they need, but across the organization. So, you know, if you look back historically, the, okay, you have to be the, the buddy of the chief financial officer because everything's gonna be looked at in terms of dollars and cents. And then you had to be the friend of the chief technology officer to make sure that you got what you needed in terms of your own systems and support. But I think now it's the recognition that if you are going to be this chief purpose officer, you need to figure out how to bring all of those capabilities together within your organization, but also be that consultant to the business leaders and to make sure that you've got those HR business partners who can effectively support the leaders in, in driving through these changes and transformation. Yeah, I think HR is, you know, like the analogy of, of two rivers with two different current speeds and whatnot is sitting at that intersection, but there are like 20 rivers coming to the same place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where we're sitting in a very complex intersection of looking at business operation, looking at finance, looking at ITE, looking at sales marketing, looking at all the trends that are affecting from the outside mm -hmm. the, the operation of our organization. And at the same time, of course, putting people first. Yeah. So it's a very, you know, I, I, I love HR and sometimes I think I'm a little bit hard with HR, but I think we are in a very complex place, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very complex intersection of trying to make sense of all these areas, yeah. moving in opposite ways at different paces in different directions and, and whatnot. So it's, it's quite a complicated place to be yeah. uh, in HR right now. <laughs> it, it is, but I think we've 
we've been building the capability to do that, haven't we? So in many ways, this isn't new for a lot of senior chief people officers or experienced um, HR executives because they've been through, you know, mergers and acquisitions. They've been through the digital, you know, revolution. And I think they've been in that unique place, perhaps more than other um, C-suite leaders to really understand the, the the organization from a system perspective. You talked about HR as a system, but I think I think HR professionals have always had that view of understanding organizations as living systems and knowing how to navigate it. So I, I think it's it may be more on steroids that we need to do that, um, but I think we've been building that capability um, along the way. Yeah, yeah. So now l let me push the envelope a little bit in that in that last uh, comment you you made. There's research that shows that there is still a lot of people see HR, you know, with not with the right eyes, right? I mean, I think we're, we're going to have to reassess how people per perceive HR yeah. after this pandemic, because I think we've done a, the best of our possible jobs, in, you know, during these times of, of mm -hmm. difficulty and, and challenge. But generally, people would, would not trust HR because they didn't think that they that HR was going to be their ally or was yeah. going to try to think out of the box to find solutions for the problems they were going through. Why do you think HR has had that bad rap, if you will? Mm -hmm. And how do you think we can change that? I mean, besides, of yeah. course, all that we've already done during this pandemic. Yeah, I, I, I was a CHRO for a while. And we gave for a, a small specialty pharmaceutical company, a family company. And um, having been a consultant to HR functions prior to that, I, I understood the importance of stakeholder management and spent a lot of time building those relationships. And I remember one um, executive in particular who got very angry with me because I wouldn't let him fire someone um, overnight. And I, you know, Actually, he got so angry with me, I, I hung up on him and said, look, we're not going to have this conversation this way. And he called me the next day and we worked it out. And, but I needed to have him understand the importance of you know, the legislative issues, the, the human issues. And after that call, we spent some time together, not talking about HR, but talking about who we are. And we found out that we had a lot of similarities in our background. And that, from that point on, he was my biggest advocate. So I think a lot of what HR needs to do is to build those human relationships and, and that's where everything starts from, right? And, and again, being that chief purpose officer, helping executives understand why we're doing things, not just imposing things upon them. Yeah, I, I think that out of all the hundreds of interviews that I've done and, and conversations I've had with, with HR leaders like yourself, there are like three or four things that 90 plus percent of all the people that I speak with agree on. And, and that includes part of what you talked about, having an HR that uh, is more empathetic and creates that mm -hmm. capability in the organization, empathy. Of course, they talk about people, the HR function, building relationships within the organization because you got to break the silos, try to collaborate mm -hmm. more, more across the board. But even beyond work, the fact that we're all humans and going through a very mm -hmm painful time, yeah. you, you can leverage on those relationships that you may have or you could potentially have with your own peers in your company. Then people talk a lot about resilience, building mm -hmm. resilience for people and organizations and definitely being more agile. And I think you touched on all 
on all of those points. Uh, and yes. that's kind of like the new reality of HR. It's, and, and if you look at across all of those capabilities, everything is so human. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's really no machinery, robotics, automation. That's, that's, the, that's the humanity in HR. Yeah. And, and I agree. And I think if you, if you look at the technical, I mean, not that we don't need to understand executive compensation, for example, but, but a lot of that information and expertise today is even available online or, you know, or you hire experts in those areas, but, but you can't teach or train for that, that empathy, that understanding, that ability to present the big picture and, and to be, be the kind of HR leader that you've just described. Yeah, absolutely. So let me use this as a segue talking about all the new transformations or, or the new things that HR need to embrace to now talk more generally about the transformations that the workplace is going through right now and we will continue to see. If you, what's the kind of workplace that you imagine emerging uh, in 2021 and going forward? How, how does it work? What does it have that it doesn't have right now? How, how does it look like? I, I do believe that we will bring the best of what we've been able to do during this pandemic forward. Uh, I think a lot of both CEOs and CHROs have realized that the resistance to have people working from home, um, the resistance to that flexibility, that perhaps those weren't rational, that they weren't real, that we've seen that we've been able um, to increasingly be productive. So I think we're going to see organizations that one are much more flexible, that based on the work, based on the teams, based on individuals, um, what's going on in an individual's life, that you'll be able to piece together that combination of working from home, working with machine learning, working in teams, you know, dispersing teams, bringing in new teams, that that flexibility, and I think because of technology, we'll be able to manage that um, reconfiguration, continual reconfiguration of work teams much easier. I think there is going to be that adaptability even in terms of roles and, and really understanding what's important. A lot of work is moving towards thinking about skills and how do you put skills together rather than having a job description that was created so somebody could fill eight hours a day, right? But it's really thinking about the combination of skills and how does that add value to the organization. I also think there's going to be increased importance on community. And I think that's the one area that this pandemic has really brought forward. In, in part, community, if you think about inclusive design and how do we design a workplace where everyone feels that sense of belonging. Um, a former colleague of mine from Corn Ferry, Andres Tapa, talks about you design for one and it benefits the many. That if we think about designing for more inclusivity, that everyone will benefit from that. I think social too, in terms of the connections and realizing that that's what people are missing and getting more of that perhaps on Zoom, but I think people, people go to work. I know I think about myself, all of my really close friends are people that I've met through work who became lifelong friends. And the third way I think about community is the social good. And I think about the New York CEO's council that was created to create jobs for low income, Black, Latinx, Asian um, residents of New York, because we realize that we have to lift everyone up and that benefits everyone. So I think we're going to see community really expanding to those partnerships and to really understanding how each of us in our local communities add to the social good. 
I love I love that idea, by the way, and I think uh, that that's one of the emerging trends that I am very pleased to see. Not just because of the coronavirus pandemic, but even before, because of all our political environment in the United States, where more companies are taking a a stronger stance on social issues that affect mm. not only their workers but the expanded community. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, Me Too movement climate change, social unrest, yeah. income inequality, or, you know, economic inequality. So I, I'm, I'm very pleased to see those, those trends and those actions. Yeah. Now, for, to, for this kind of workplace that you are dreaming about, what do we need to do today to start preparing those workplaces? Because so, some of them are far, far ahead, you know, in the journey, but some others are just starting there. I mean, yeah. they, they never saw how important they truly were beyond just creating wealth for, you know, for their shareholders and paying people. So what, what, what do, do, uh, do these workplaces need to do to embrace their, their new skills and capabilities mm -hmm. to be that kind of, of um, a creator of social good and, and, you know, building community and becoming more flexible and, and, and whatnot? Yeah. I think it starts with really having each organization think about what do they gain from this current pandemic experience um, and what are they gaining? And I think we've seen more acceleration of work in diversity and inclusion and belonging than, than we've ever seen. So I think it's realizing that these aren't um, event, they were sparked by events, but they're long-term changes. And I think each organization has to think about um, what true value that they've gained from that so that we've got as human beings right we have short memory so a year from now when we think everything's back to normal it's very easy to switch back but i, I truly believe that we're not i mean I, I think that companies are redesigning even as they're looking at physical space what do they need to have even as they look at business travel how much of it do they really need i, I also think that we need to you know, embrace everyone, and that includes higher education. If we think about what's what's happening in terms of, of training or educating uh, you know, people for the future, companies have to get much more involved in partnering with higher education to be able to you know, help them understand where the jobs are going to be in the future. Certainly the partnership with government um, in, in terms of helping to support through this time of high unemployment to make sure that we're providing that safety net. So I, I do think that in some ways, business, the business community should be taking the lead in those areas because they have a powerful voice um, and they probably have the resources and capability. So I think it starts with understanding what we've gained. I think it's creating that vision of what we have to do in the future. And, and the last comment I'll add is I think we have to listen to employees, yeah. right, to hear from them, whether it's how we go back to work and how do we do that safely. We have to create an environment, and I think many companies are, of listening to our employees to hear what they have to say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's uh, one of the things that has happened during this pandemic is that companies are looking much more into their own talent to respond to the critical questions that they have, uh, you know, basically about whether they will stay in business and how to do it. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and I think that that to me is, is very pleasant to see leaders coming forward and in a very vulnerable human way, 
which should have been the yeah. same, you know, should have been the way all the time. Just asking the questions of like, well, you know, we got this problem. I have no idea how to solve it. How can we all come together yeah, yeah. and find a solution for this? That's that to me is is definitely one thing that is a gift of this mm -hmm. time of, of of difficulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're really we're really taking down the boundaries, aren't we? Even in if you think about the way some of the life science companies are collaborating with one another to find a vaccine. Again, those are models. Innovation comes from we look at from when we look outside and not just from looking within. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Mary, as we as we wrap up this conversation, which has been great, you know, fantastic vision about the future of, of HR and the future of organizations, I want to ask you a couple of questions. One is if there would be one thing that you can recommend HR leaders to start doing today to bring to life that, that visionary uh, you know, purpose or, or kind of organization that you're describing, yeah. what that one thing could be? Um, I, I do think I mean, that it starts with having them understand themselves, right? And understanding what are their strengths and then what do they need to complement themselves to be able to drive this vision forward because we we can't be everything right as i said before so i really think it's understanding what's our own purpose what are our strengths and capabilities and then how do we think about our team and and that may make some uh tough decisions right do i have the right people on my team to lead this forward where are the deficits and, and i think the pandemic has given us a chance to see how individuals step up during a crisis and it's not that it may be that we need more coaching for those people, but I think we have to take an honest assessment of the talent that we need um, in the future. And then getting clarity about that vision because they're gonna have to be the champion um, and the one who's getting other people in the organization, other functions um, to buy into it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's, that's a powerful way to start this, this re-engineering and reimagining yeah. of, of the future of, of work and the workplace. Um, my last question to you, Mary, is what are you the most excited, but also the most concerned about the future? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm most excited because I think we have uh, built a sense of community and I think we all have in our own ways as individuals looked at how we can make a difference and make things better for people, whether that's, you know, contributing to a food bank or looking out for an elderly neighbor, I, I think we've started to look um, outside of ourselves and, and to be of help. So I'm excited and I think that will continue. And, and even if you think about Black Lives Matter, the sense of, of people really stepping up um, to have a voice. Um, um, my concern is the um, exhaustion factor. And I think when we look at how much longer you know, this is going to take for people to continue to social distance, to wear masks, to be concerned about their own future, whether that's from a health perspective or an economic perspective. So my, my fear is that um, when we get exhausted, and my hope is that somebody is there to kind of help us through, uh, because we're all gonna have those, those peaks and valleys, but hopefully we'll begin to see a shift in vaccines and, and things that are gonna make for a, a better world happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mary, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights My pleasure. With, with me and with, with our community. So it was a great conversation. Thank you so much for being with me today. You're welcome. I have enjoyed the rest of the day, Enrique. Thank, thank you for you. having me.
Everybody, thank you so much for being with us today and stay tuned for the next Hacking HR podcast. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.